Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Boundaries Podcast, where facts are facts and opinions hurt people's feelings. Please remember to find us on the Apple Podcast app, on SoundCloud, on Google Play. I don't know what it is that you do on Spotify, but please go and do that. And to that, I'm referring to rating and reviewing. As always, it's Jay. <laughs> and this guy, <laughs> Welly Stradamus over here. <laughs> it's, it's it's Willie now. Willie. <laughs> Hey man, you before we came on, man, you were talking about yoga, man. I think I, I want people to hear you talk about yoga one, one time because that that was interesting to hear you talk about doing yoga. Please, okay. it, please enlighten the people. Okay, so first and foremost, I was drunk. Oh God, you didn't tell me that part, bro. Oh well, now you know that I was drinking, <laughs> and so I had I had got the yoga mat um, Saturday because I was doing some at home workouts and I was doing some sit ups and like. You used to do sit-ups on a hardwood floor, fucking back is going to hurt. So I was like, all right, let me get get a mat. So I got the mat, and I was like, oh, you know, I started looking online YouTube, and it was like this beginner's yoga class, about 15 minutes. I was like, all right, cool, I'll do that. So I was drinking, and I got bored. I was like, oh, let me do this yoga, you know, low-impact. You can do that while drinking and not throw up shit. So, <laughs> and I decided to record myself because... I, I, everything that I've seen about yoga is about the posturing. Make sure you get the posturing right. So I, I wanted to record myself and, and see that. Say, my posturing was absolutely horrible. Like, you ever see the... And, and I'm not... I, never mind. What do you base it off of, though? I don't, I don't, I wouldn't know, I don't know anything about yoga. I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's certain angles that, like, you, you might have your back at a 45-degree angle, or you might have it at a flat 180... You try to keep your spine aligned and different things like that. So when I watch myself back, I'm looking at myself and I'm looking at the instructor and I'm looking at myself and I'm looking at the instructor and I'm looking like we not looking the same. Oh, okay, okay. What motivated you to do it besides being drunk? I've, I've all, you, I think I've told you this before too that I want to be more flexible. Like I feel that I'm very stiff and I, you know, I, I can't even bend down and touch my toes without bending my knees. So I wanted to be more flexible and I t- people some you know, stretch every day, do this, do that. But yoga is the art of flexibility, in my opinion. So I was like, let me try it and maybe this will help me be more flexible as I get older in age. Okay. I, I suggest listening, uh, anybody listening um, to check out David Hoggins. He, uh, he's a, he's a real advocate of stretching. I think he stretches for like maybe 15, 20 minutes, maybe even longer. Um, but, it, but he's, He's a special case based on the fact that I believe, you know, he was a freaking like Marine or like Navy SEAL. He's a special breed, but he really preaches stretching. And I'm pretty sure he knows beginner stretching and advanced stretching, too. Um, either way, man, I, I thought that was interesting to hear. I mean, I, I remember hearing a long time ago that the Seattle, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, they did yoga. Uh, that year they won the Super Bowl, they, they kind of was bragging about that. I know, I know LeBron James does yoga too. Um, <clears throat> they don't ever really show his pregame rituals that much, but I know before he throws the chalk up, he does some some pretty intense stretching. Um, but yeah, that's that's dope, man. I'm I'm glad you're um, going within during this uh, during these trying times. I, I'm really proud of you, Jay. Um, say, and say, also, you need to relax. <laughs> I'm really, uh, I'm really appreciative and proud of all the people that jumped on the live with us this uh, past Sunday. That was pretty cool because, uh, I mean, at first I was like, uh, you know, probably two people going to hop on. But, you know, I think we got close to like, I mean, I think it was like 32, no, 34 all to, 
together. Yeah, y'all on Boosie Live, y'all see 40,000 people. It ain't nothing. But from some regular Joes to actually get almost 40 people to just jump on and talk to us, I mean, we're not showing titties or anything. So <laughs> that's exactly that's what I was going to say. <laughs> for me that's an accomplishment i mean you just staring at two dudes faces and you know just hearing them talking uh i think a lot of the points about uh covid and just you know being able to talk conspiracy and economics uh i think that was a good way to kind of get it off that way we don't have to uh bombard it with a show because today's show is is to me gonna work as a response to miss monroe <laughs> and mr larry um, shout out! Shout out to my boy Larry. I, shout out T with Monroe. Man, man, my boy Larry, man. I yeah, we need to we need to connect, man. Uh, I I feel that it's um I like I I like their show because I mean they're for for me I know that they probably gonna hate me saying this, but I mean they're old school, and it's it's to me it's a breath of fresh air to actually get an older perspective on a podcast and some ordinary people. And uh, these people aren't, you know, being paid by, you know, some big wigs to say certain things. They're giving you an authentic view, in my opinion, of two Southerners that are, you know, they're older than us. And uh, it's I mean, because for me, it's wild because when I'm talking, a lot of times I just forget, you know, that we do have an audience of people that are like less than 30 and, you know, between 30 and 40, like it varies. So to listen to them is. Uh, it's it's pretty refreshing, and I like the fact that when she has like beef or has a response, she's still genuinely happy about it. Like it's not like you know, like no insults. It's just like it's to me, it's 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 maturely addressed. She says her feelings were hurt. She didn't like what I said, and then it it, it moves forward. And and I, and I, and I like that it was. Hey, I don't like what you said, and I'm talking about what you said. It's not I don't like what you said, so I'm going to attack you. Like she went at she yeah, went after yeah. what was said, and I think that's that's how you respond to stuff. You go talk about what was said, not about the person. If you tell me that you know you hate LeBron James, I'm not gonna come to you and say say, well, you're a horrible father, like because that has nothing to do with nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and people I mean, will and do that's, that. That's they will attack your character because they don't like your opinion. And I appreciate her for attacking the opinion uh, and not attacking the character. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> I, I guess I don't even really know where to start. I, well, what was your favorite part of that episode? And uh, for y'all that listen, I mean, this is the Tea with Monroe podcast, and if I, I think it would be nice to, um, when we put the uh, iTunes versions up, I believe putting a SoundCloud link in the description would probably help. Uh, that way, people will have an easier way of you know getting to it. Uh, I don't know. I don't. You you handle all that, producer. Yeah, so. you you make yeah, my job you, easy. You make my job harder for <laughs> theirs to be easier. But you know, well, I'll make I'll make some shake. Okay, okay. Well, yeah. What was your favorite part of the episode? Um, I think my favorite my favorite part is having that. She did she did say um, and this was this was specifically directed at you, but she said you know, this was um, your your perception of a a nice girl is limited to your experience. And, the, and of course, everything is limited to my experience because my experience is the only thing I have to go off of. So she said that that was limited to your experience, but she provided her experience. 
Because, mm-hmm. you know, I sit here and I'll, we'll talk about, you know, our experiences with different people in different situations. And we'll get a lot of feedback and say, well, you know, well, that's not true. Or y'all are jaded or y'all are misogynistic or y'all hate women or y'all hate this and y'all hate that. But I'm only giving you what I've experienced in my lifetime. So I can't I can't tell you anything else except what I've experienced. I can't tell you how to make a million if I've never made a million. So yeah. I like that she's like she, you know, gave it that different perspective of, OK, these are the experiences I have. And this is the experience I have as a woman because, you know, uh-huh. we have no women on our show. And so people get on to us about that when there are several shows that don't have any men. But that's another story. <laughs> <don't know> <laughs> you ain't no storyteller. But um, my favorite part of the show, man, was when she uh. I think they talked about going to a restaurant, and uh, I, I know in conclusion we we figured out that she likes fried fried eggs on her burger, but uh, and they ended up at Red Robin. But it, it, the thing that was important to me in that situation was how Larry handled the situation as far as she wanted him, in my opinion, to be a lot more hot headed, a lot more you know uh, upfront, like just like. Just being basically turning into what a woman turns into when somebody get they met they food they food wrong, and like we all we we've all seen I mean at least my generation has we've all seen at least once that woman that got you know they they put they put mayonnaise on her burger if she finna tear that server a new asshole we've all seen women like shift from that mindset like hey you got my food messed up you finna get messed up and you know most men in that situation. Um, they usually kind of look at it like, man, you know, we can, it's all good because I think something about that situation just set something off, especially in black men to where we're just like, hey, we don't want to give you that energy that you're expecting already. Like we don't want to become stereotypical. So I've always seen, I've always felt like we've kind of been put in this box or we put ourselves in this box or this bubble to maintain a certain level of class, like Larry said. And I just thought that that was cool because at the end of the day, like when she was in that moment, she didn't respect it. She like, damn, you know, he he finna get us beat up. <laughs> like in the future, like she didn't see the um, the the true manhood in him. But then when she realized, like, damn, he avoided a toxic situation, and we still got some good ass food and went on with our day, and they're still together to this day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. Uh, but that that was that was my favorite part, man. Uh, I, I mean, it takes least it, part? it takes a certain amount of growth to understand that, hey. I don't know if she put the order in wrong or if the chef did the did it wrong or whatever, what have you. And and in their case, they just didn't get any service. So he was like, no, you know, I ain't got to <laughs> tell nobody nothing. I just get up and leave, you know, and you don't like and that's perfect. Like, you don't have to make a scene that I've been sitting here 15 minutes. You haven't brought me any water or anything like that. I felt disrespected. I don't have to explain nothing to nobody. I'm just going to leave. So, so in that moment. Do you feel like that that was like kind of like a woman's nature to try to fix something? Like, did that show that they should? I mean, that's what I kind of got from that situation as well. And since we're still on it, I didn't want to say this, but I kind of felt like that situation was kind of like a prime example of like the situation is not going how you want it to go. And in this moment, you're trying to fix something when you really should just walk away. It's not worth it. And I and I that's why I always felt like it's just kind of ingrained in them to try to fix things like they're fixers. I guess that's just something that's just 
in them. But, you know, guys are kind of like, hey, if I don't see a constructive way to get around this or to fix this, I'm going to go the most rational way. And uh, that's definitely what I got from that situation. I thought that was funny. I wasn't going to say that, but uh, that was just an inside thought. Uh, what was your What was your least favorite part of the episode? Um, I, I didn't like some of some of her paraphrasing because I think I think a lot of our viewpoints got lost in translation when she was oh, when yeah. she was talking about it. And I mean, and that happens because you know she didn't sit down with us and have an in depth conversation. You're hearing this secondhand, and I mean, even you and I have sat back and we've re listened to episodes and be like, oh, I should have said this or I should have elaborated more here to get a point a better point across. So you know, I'm I'm not. Well, I don't hold anything against her because I really enjoy somebody giving us some feedback, like sitting there and say, all right, yeah, you know, I listen yeah, to this yeah. No Boundaries podcast. I listen to Emotional Tampon and this is how I felt about it. And, you know, and like you said, it was very respectable. It wasn't an mm-hmm. attack. It was like, all right, I disagree. And this is why. I felt like yeah, she wrote, yeah. wrote, wrote a paper on it, basically. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes me and you might be talking too fast or saying some slick shit, and then she's like, like she'll go look it up and be like, "Hey, what are these guys saying?" And and I respect that. Um, I'm I'm agree with you. Just just to paraphrase, and I mean, going from our mouth to her mouth was a lot different. And I just I hope that her listeners don't think that some of the things that she said was a hundred percent spot on. But obviously, you know, she's not in there taking notes like it's a class, so she's doing a paraphrasing to her understanding. And I mean. Uh, to say least favorite is not a bad thing. I'm just saying like that's the, that's a part I really didn't care for. But other than that, I still don't know if they ever really defined what a nice girl was. I know that they picked apart the fact that I said that a nice girl or a nice woman was somebody that did a nice gesture for me. And it was kind of funny because in that moment she was talking about it. I could kind of tell she felt sorry for me. I can tell by the tone of her voice. She's like, that's sad. That's the best you've had. I know. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. See, I... I mean, I'm going to keep it 100. Like, I don't go into detail about the women that I have talked to on this show. I mean, it's just a sense of privacy. But for the most part, um, I think that I'm going to take this moment to redefine some things. And I mean, obviously, I want to get your opinion, too, on this, because when I took time to think about it, um, I still stand on the fact that I do believe in in today's society, when we're talking about women generally under the age of 35, uh, when you're talking about a nice girl or a nice woman, I, I hate to say it, but a lot of times they do come off as a pushover. I mean, when you're looking at a nice man, and we, and we talked about this, when you're talking about niceness in today's society, you're talking about somebody that genuinely that genuinely comes off as a pushover. And I think that one of them said something along the, along the lines of a lot of times the person that I describe simply just has low self-esteem. And I was kind of like, damn. Like, you know, I mean, I don't know what's worse. Being a pushover or somebody that has low self-esteem. I can see how how um, how they can intertwine, actually. Like, it, that made sense to me because I never thought of it from that aspect that low self-esteem will make you cater to people to get them to like the, to like you because you may not like yourself enough. Okay. So so would you say that it's common to see the the nice woman and a low self-esteem intertwined often? Do you think that that's going to be the case maybe more than 50% of the time? Mm, I don't know if it's more than 50% of the time, but I do feel that if somebody is pursuing somebody someone they consider to be out of their league, 
if, if, if mm. that, I, I feel like this already messing with your self-esteem. If you've seen this person, you say that this other living, breathing human being who's made of the same flesh and bone as I am is technically out of my league. I can already see that lending itself towards the ha towards you having low self-esteem. And so therefore, if they've given you any kind of attention, you're going to be more willing to cater to them and let stuff slide as in comparison to, let's say you were dealing with somebody that you felt you were out of their league. Okay. Okay. Uh, let me, I'm going to get, I'm going to throw a scenario out there so I could, so we get more clarification on what I was thinking of. Cause when they, when they, it, if, and I haven't went back to listen to emotional tampon, I'm not even going to lie. Um, Sometimes I get tired of hearing my voice, but let's uh, <laughs> but let's just say um, that the woman that I described on emotional tampon was exactly what they said. And I think one of the thing one of one of the descriptors that they used was um, she's boring, uh, she uh, she she doesn't need attention, and uh, let's see what uh, what's another one. Um, she's stable, works a nine to five. Um, I'm gonna stick with those three, and and and, uh, and like I said, I'm gonna just throw out the scenario that you know, from time to time they feel like they they're gonna pay their way, pay my way, pay their way, which is which is fine. Okay, I don't know when I I felt like when she was saying it, everything that was said, it just kind of felt it felt bad when she was saying it. So I can understand that when I say it, it sounds bad. So I'm gonna just give a scenario here. If I'm gonna say a woman is a nice girl, the moment we meet i know from the jump that this woman just based off of who i am and status maybe or what she perceives of me like in that moment i know that like she's a fan like she she basically um i don't want to say worships the ground i walk on but i know from the jump she'll cater to me like i kind of feel like when I get in the mindset of a nice girl, the nice girl is automatically going to be the one that's going to cater to me. And it's not going to be, a, it's not going to be hardly any pushback. I feel like that's the nice girl. And I feel like in all honesty, the nice girl is a lot more rare. And that's what I said, right? That's what I, I feel like that's what I said, but I, I feel like me describing it like that is a little bit better just based on the fact that I'm just putting it out there. Like, you know, this girl is her, she's, she's wide open. Her nose is her nose is in the, like she's she's she knows what she wants. She's not finna play no games. She if if I say something, she's most likely gonna do it. Like she's submissive from the jump. I feel like that's a nice girl. And obviously in that moment, like I said, I feel like the nice girl when dealing with guys, she knows exactly that she knows she wants that guy. Would that would that be fair? Uh I could I could I could understand that, yeah. I could, I could understand that, huh? I said, how would you describe? Because like, I've been struggling to find it, to find a description for it. I, I mean, when I when I think of when I think of a nice person in general, let's 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 bring it back to you know just a person in general. I think it's somebody who's considerate of other people's time and effort. And so when it when it comes to if we were to bring it down to a nice girl, I would say that they're very considerate. So. I don't necessarily say it's like, oh, you're going to worship the ground I walk on or, you know, you're just I'm I, or I'm just going to have like those old people say your nose wide open. But I just think it's a yeah, level of, of consideration yeah, yeah. that you have when it's like 
hey, I was at the store and I thought about you or, you know, we had this conversation and you mentioned that you had red beans and rice. So I'm cooking red beans and rice to, to for you to come over like like those little considerate things that they do. And I, I don't think that necessarily makes them to be a pushover or anything like that. But I just I find like like I feel like they are about you to a certain extent. And I think the opposite of the nice girl, whatever that be, is more totally about themselves. I think there might be more of a balance to a nice person and less of a balance to whatever the opposite end of the spectrum is. I, I, I just say, like I say, I've been saying it for a minute, modern woman, mean girl, if I, if I you know, for lack of a better term. Because um I, I do realize that Monroe had like reached an epiphany during the show. They both did. They were kind of like, man, maybe that's just the women they deal with. And I'm glad you said what you said. Something you just said made me think of averages. And um, I, I I have to say this. Like, people need to understand something like, yeah, I talk about things being limited to my experience. And with me, something that needs to be understood with both me and Jay, and I feel like I could speak on your behalf on this, like, when it comes to, like, how a woman looks, like, that's that plays very, like, that's it's obvious like okay i want a woman that i'm attracted to but the woman that they described on the show was a lot far-fetched because i think people like me and you are realistic we're not out there trying to get a drea michelle a bundle of britney you know like, like we see those women and we don't necessarily think that those women are out of our league but we automatically put those women in a box because the way they carry themselves and i think it's realistic to look at the situation like this a woman under 30 that is, you know, drop dead gorgeous. I don't need to explain Instagram face, Kim K body, whatever, under 30 years old. I think it's safe to say that if she is a hot commodity and she feels and knows that she's a hot commodity, I think it's realistic to believe that that woman is going to go for the best that she can get. And in today's society, I mean, we're seeing the tweets like me and Jay, we don't just make this stuff up. Like, I see tweets. I see Instagram. Like, you you can no longer just act like this stuff is a joke. Like, people are tweeting out their feelings. People are being real as hell on there. Things are going viral because a bunch of people agree with this shit. Bottom line. And, and I saw a girl today. Let me let me see, man. I don't want to uh, pause for too long, but I think I bookmarked it. But, yeah. No, matter of fact, Duval posted. He was like, the chick said... The economy is no longer suitable for me to remain an independent woman. The time has finally come. I am now considering listening to you niggas for supplemental income. Now what are the rules and do y'all offer some same day pay? <laughs> y'all seen that y'all saw the NB snippet about the chick talking about she don't want nine to five guys no more. Like they, they did I'm not, we're not me and Jay aren't bullying women. Like me and Jay are I'm not looking for this stuff. I just be scrolling my timeline looking for this stuff. I saw a girl today tweet about the push-up challenge. And she was like, damn, it's wild when you realize, you know, so, so many niggas that you fuck with are mutuals. And I'm like, dog, this is like this is literally what we're dealing with. Like, this is reality. And I'm not saying that men are any better, but I'm saying women are putting it out there. It's not hard to find. Like, it's out there. And like I mentioned to you, um, she mentioned that, you know, we've 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 got this 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 mental fantasy of the perfect woman in our head that she's light skinned, she's got the slim waist, she got big boobs, she got fat ass, you know, she got the long natural hair and everything. 
And, you know, hey, all of that sounds good. And, you know, but I know some niggas that like short hair. I, 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 I know people that like chubby women. Like, you know, there's no stereotypical perfect woman that's, that's universally attractive to every single man. But I also look at it from this frame. And I, I told you this, like, there is one um, Kim Kardashian. There's one Kim Kardashian. Yes. And men, we recognize that. So as much as we sit here and we'll look at Kim Kardashian and we'll say, man, she look gorgeous. Or, you know, we'll watch the sex tape and be like, man, I'd hit that or I want that. Whatever, what have you. We know that there's only one. To me, in my opinion, this is Jay. I can't speak for any any other male. I can't even speak for Will. I know that there's only one Kim Kardashian and that there will never be another. But I also think that women see Kim Kardashian and say, with the right amount of money, I can achieve that look. And then I think they go and achieve that look. And then they say, well, I did all this to my body because men made me do it. And it's and to me, I find it to be to be such a, a lack of a lack, a lack of accountability, because like, no, I didn't tell you. And then I'm speaking for me. I can't speak for all men because one man might have told you to go get that work to look like Kim Kardashian. But I can't sit here and say, you know, oh, yeah, I'm only dating women that look like Kim Kardashian. I might sit there and look at Kim Kardashian and then end up with somebody that look like Mama June. Like, it doesn't it, like like I, I realize that, you know, hey, that's Kim Kardashian. She married to Kanye. He got that. So unless I'm going to sit around and wait for them to, to break up or, you know, I'm going to get my shit together where I feel like I'm in her league and I can go shoot at her, then I know that that's not going to be for me. Like, yeah, I, and that's what, what, what bothers me with social media these days because people say, oh, well, you know, you follow these women over here or, you know, you follow these attractive people, this, that, and the other. Yeah, and if that, and, and if that person paid you some money, paid you some attention, Hey, that's on you to decide. But nine times out of ten, you're following somebody that's in Egypt and will never, ever, 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 ever run into you. Like to keep it to keep it a hundred. No matter what kind of situation I'm in, if I come across Mariah Carey and she want to give me that ass, I'm taking that ass. Because I've loved Mariah Carey before I loved any other woman on this earth. Dang. I'm, I'm, I'm taking that ass, bro. I, I am. Come on. I am. Calm no down. hesitation. I'm going to put it in my vows when I get Jeez. married. To love, <laughs> honor, and cherish unless Mariah come through with them cheeks. That's what's going to be in my vows. <laughs> hey, man, I'm going to unlock just let people know, man, if y'all if y'all have a chance to look at this article called The Age of Instagram Face, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an article that's in the New Yorker. It was written by Gia Tolentino. And uh, I, I know one of the things that stuck out to me the most to support something that you said, uh, she basically went on like a, a plastic surgeon journey. And basically she was just trying to get a better understanding of this common face that everybody sees on inter- on the internet, which I don't need to go into. But we're talking about Kim K here. And she said that multiple surgeons that she went to, at least 80% of the women that went in there would tell them or show them a picture of Kim K and say, I want this look. So what you're saying is not even really uh, an opinion. It's it's a fact. Like a lot, a lot of women that can afford to do it are doing it. And obviously I'm not talking about, you know, black women, but she never was even really specific on the demographic. But she did say that 
more than half of the women that went in there were like, hey, we want this look. Whether it was her lips, her skin tone, her hips, her arms, whatever, they wanted to look like Kim K. That's a fact. So, and that, that has, no, I mean, a guy following Kim Kardashian should not be enough to influence you to botch your body up. Like, it makes no sense. That's that's not my that's not my fault and that's not Jay's fault. I will never like and once again like I said, me and Jay are realistic. We know women out there are pudgy. We know women out there are some women are skinny, some women are short, some women have short hair, long hair. We're you know we're doing the best we can. I mean, what is the what are the most what are the personalities you've come across the most? I have no idea. Like it, it's been it's been very scattered. Like. Let's see. Hmm, who was that? I can't. I can't remember who. Very. I'm not trying to get you to put no names out there. No, I'm, 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 like, I'm trying. I'm trying to put it in order and and think because I've already decided I'm gonna cut some of this shit. So it's fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Put it like this. I don't because this is the thing, man. It comes to the point of people don't want to be generalized, but we have to admit something here, men and women. Let's talk about the fuck boy. Now, let's talk about how we always, when, when Brandon was on here, it was a moment where we where, uh, we had a moment where we were, like, uh, talking about how women, like, that's the guy that you dated. That's the guy that you dated. Like, in that moment, I remember I re-listened to that episode and I thought about something. I was sitting there in that moment and I was thinking to myself, now, let's just put this out there. We got a homegirl, a mutual homegirl, and let's just say the multiple times that our mutual homegirl has come to us and told us about the guys that she has dated. I'm pretty sure both of us has probably said it's the guys that you're dating. But when does it come down to the fact that that's just how the average guy is in 2020? What, like what, what big, how big your sample size has to be? Okay. But I mean, damn, you're talking about a city with six, seven million people. Yeah. I don't know how many men are out here, but damn, like if, Let's, you're talking about if a person, if a woman is going out and she's on Tinder or whatever, yeah, she may be looking for a certain type as far as appearance, but you would think that if you met five different guys that look like Jay, are all of them going to act alike? No, no. If all of them act alike, that's that's what I'm saying. You so can, and, if, and even a, to, like, if you look at the guys we have in our circle that we vacation with, I mean, we, you might say, okay, these two drink heavily so they'll pair up or and and stuff like that but you're not gonna say oh yeah all all eight of these guys are heavy drinkers and heavy partiers and womanizers that's why they're out there together there's always the the anomalies there's j mark who's not gonna drink at all yeah so you know there's like same way yeah like pretty similar he's just like you know just very like he gives me a religious vibe you know, saying we we got to go in detail out, but that's what I'm saying. You got random eight nine guys right there, and I'm sorry if if a woman decided to give all eight or nine of them guys a chance. In my opinion, now this is where it gets back to me. Jay has nothing; he doesn't have to agree with this. I believe that if a, a woman were to come across all eight of us and it didn't work out, in the end she would describe all of us as the same because it didn't work out, just simply based off the fact that personalities may have clashed, and that's why I feel like. We can't really help anymore because we're only hearing that the guys are fuckboys or that the guys, you know, they did this, they did that. It's like, what did you do? You, <laughs> like, there, there's something that you did. And, and, and even with men, like, 
there's something, you know, she just didn't mess up. You were, you were irresponsible or irresponsive or sometimey, or you just didn't fit the mold of the man that she wanted. I've, I've bumped into women that are freaking drop dead gorgeous. I was down to earth as hell. And at the same, and in the same day, I met someone that dropped dead gorgeous. I was mean as fuck. And was looking at me like you ain't you ain't got you ain't got a hundred dollars on you like so there's not it's it's unrealistic for me to even think that like oh just because she's beautiful means she's gonna act this way no it's just that the common personality for women under the age of thirty five if you're just rolling the dice it's a good chance that this is what I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a woman in my opinion with my experience I'm gonna get a woman that is more inclined to be about herself in the moment. And I ain't got to go into more detail. That it's just That's just the reality of it. And that's women, to, particularly under the age of 30. Now, that's why I always say that. I feel like once they crack that 30 mark, things start to change. And I'm still gathering data on that. I'm still peeping that. So it's really hard for me to speak on them. But from what I've seen, you get a lot more mature women. That's why it's interesting to listen to Monroe because you're. Not, I have never met a woman that's, 29 or 28 that's processing things like Monroe does. It's not going to happen. That's, they don't have the experience. That's years of experience that, later before they get to that point. Exactly. Could be wrong. They have limited life experience. Monroe, who's just she said she turned 50 so I can share her age too. You know, happy birth, happy late birthday to Monroe turning 50. You know, she has 50 yeah, years yeah, of experience. Birthday. She has, she's raised children. She's been married. She's been divorced. She's been married again. That's a lot of experience that a 28 year old typically typically doesn't have <laughs> once again looking at averages looking at if i come across the average 28 year old like there has to be an average like right now it kind of feels like the average if she's 28 like i'm gonna automatically assume that she hasn't been through two divorces now if she's 28 she might have been through one but even even one though like i don't know I don't know. Like I guess that that comes down to demographic because people aren't getting married at those high rates like they were back in the you know 1970s and 80s. So long story short, to to sum up what I'm saying is, I think people just need to realize that not only are things limited to experience, but within those experience, let's be realistic about the averages that are out there. There is a typical woman out there. There is a typical man out there that falls in these categories. That's just that's just the reality, based on the fact that. A lot of people, especially in society today, they have a come they have an archetype that they look up to. You have a, a bit you have a large group of guys right now that may look up to Drake. You have a large group of guys right now that may look up to Jay Z. You know what I'm saying? They they may not like obsessively follow them and copy everything they do, but subconsciously they kinda, you know, like to mirror some of the things Drake does, Jay Z does, maybe even J. Cole. And just like you have a large group of women out there that may want to, you know, may want to follow what Beyonce does, may want to follow what Michelle Obama does, may want to do what Meg Thee Stallion is doing. You see, those are various types of women. But depending on where you are, that that's going to depend on which one you're going to see more of, which is going to affect the averages. So I think people just need to, you know, like, don't get so antsy about generalizations, because, I mean, to be honest with you, generalizations are are fairly honest. It's some like it's like somebody stereotyping you. Stereotypes are not just pulled out of somebody's ass. Stereotypes. Some of them do hit. For a Some of them do hit. Straight up. And like I said, on these snippets that we and you do, like we just be browsing the timeline. And if you if you see some dudes out here doing some stupid shit, 
and you want us to talk about it on the snippets, send it our way. Please do. Because Please do. We need right, to hold ourselves accountable as well. Yeah, because right now in what I call an attention economy, we've had this conversation about the attention economy before. No, I don't think we have. I think we've talked. Okay, to, I, I think we've not not directly. I know we've said attention is the new currency, but not directly. No. Perfectly put. Like, I just want people to understand something because you might hear me say this a, a whole lot these days. What you are, what you have witnessed in the past three or four years is a a, a boom in the attention economy based on the fact that attention has become a currency. Now that we stay in a place where attention is so valued, so valuable, depending on where it comes from. Now, people need to understand this. Like, I can take my money to England, my U.S. dollar to England, and turn it in for their currency, and it may, it's not going to be worth as much. So that's just like me sliding in a chick's DM that's not interested in me. It's not that hurt. That attention that I'm giving her is not worth as much because it's not coming from where she wants it to come from. But the fact of the matter is she still desires attention, just like males desire attention today. So the reason I call it an attention economy today is because no matter what time, what no, no matter what type of crisis we're in, no matter how good things are going, how bad things are going, you can never deflate the currency of attention. Like right now, especially during this crisis that we're in right now, attention is at an all-time high. The need for it is, is at an all-time high because people are home, they're bored, they're not getting they're not going to, they're not getting to go to happy hours, they're not getting to go to brunches, blah blah blah. So right now, attention has a higher value to it because a lot of people's attentions are diverted to other things. It's some dudes that have went back home to their wives and they can't entertain their side chicks anymore and vice versa. Y'all know what I'm getting at. So with that being said, y'all need to understand that in this attention economy, we we all hold that, that currency. So with that currency, you got to be kind of smart with it because if you're just throwing it away willy-nilly, eventually there's a surplus and it doesn't mean anything anymore. So, and then you also have to uh, be careful about who you're giving that attention to, that currency too, because once again, some people aren't going to handle it the same. And, I just wanted to get that out there. So if I say that term. And uh, I mean, the memes have been around forever and it's, it's just nothing new. And some of them get philosophical and say, you know, don't talk to the person that talks to you at 2 a.m. with the where you at, how you doing. And talk to the one that talks to you at 2 p.m. with that same energy or it talks about, you know, with the way the economy is set up and everybody being quarantined, there's people who hitting you up that you haven't talked to since Christmas. Like, like you said mm -hmm. about stereotypes, there's some truth behind these memes and these jokes and stuff like that. And it's, yes. I mean, yes. it's, it's very true. Like, so you have to understand and, and be able to separate it or, or, or how you said something that you have to understand is that people are going to go to where they know the source is. If I know I can go to this person, I can get attention even though I stopped talking to them for six weeks or whatever, and I, I'm bored, I can just shoot them a text and I know they're going to respond right back. People will go to that. And especially in this time when you, when we're spending more time with our phones and our computers than we have. And forever. I mean, this, forever. like I said, yeah. phones have been consistently used the way they're being used right now for probably eight or nine years. And, and the, the the way the way it's being used has probably been consistent since 2014 2015 when people realized that that dopamine hit was so effective and so crucial for their ego that's when it made a huge difference and that's when people start realizing like damn it hit different when jay hit me 
But when Will hit me, that shit trash. I really don't care. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just how it is. And, like, they, they feel a certain way. And then they start to see more value about it. And that's why you're seeing a lot of celebrities go fucking nuts right now. Because with celebrities, they just know that they're going to amass a lot of attention. So they want to be able to go on their IG live and get 50,000, you know, views. They don't care who it's coming from. They just need that attention so they can get that dopamine rush and be like, oh, I feel good. All eyes on me. Celebrities thrive off of that. That trickles down into the regular world too. Ordinary people thrive off of it as well. They're obviously a lot more realistic with with the type of views they'll get in a situation like that. But I mean, come on, people aren't posted. People don't post pictures and just be like, if I get one one like, it's cool. Every now and then, people have that subconscious feeling like, damn, you know, I hope I, I hope I get to, you know ten likes. You know, what I'm saying at least. You know, nigga felt good today. You know, what I'm saying? Like, that's just, I felt I, I felt I looked great today. You know what I'm saying? Because that's that's because no matter what, that attention holds value. Like, and we place value on that attention. That like button, we put the value on that. Because if everybody agreed across the board that zero likes was as good as a million likes, just like the dollar, just like the Tinkerbell effect that we talked about the other day, the val like that that value becomes even more imaginary than it are than it already was. But that's just the reality of it. But uh, either way, man. Uh, I still appreciate uh, Miss Monroe and Mr. Larry for uh, touching on that topic. And I'm glad they understand what the emotional tampon is because regardless of how you look at it, yes, an emotional tampon and a guy in the friend zone are pretty much the same thing. It's just that, I don't know, I think the word friend zone is obviously a lot more commercial and mainstream. So when people hear emotional tampon, they they know that it's more of an insult. Like <laughs> it's like, damn, like that dude feel bad. I think some people comfortably stay in the friend zone because it doesn't sound as bad. But when you hear that you're an emotional tampon, you probably start to want to switch up some things. There there's very little responsibility in the friend zone. Like you could get you could get pissed and be like, All right, I'm I'm done talking to you. Like Straight you have up. you have no obligation to be that shoulder to cry on, and and that's if you're aware. Now, if you're in the friend zone trying to get out, yeah, you're gonna still be there for that emotional support, and you know, because you you want something you look for in um, a partner is dependability and a, and somebody you can count on. So therefore, you know, if you're in that friend zone and they come at you with with an issue, you're gonna want to help. You're gonna want to fix it, man or woman. You're gonna want to be that fixer. But if you're just in the friend zone because all you see is friendship and that's all you want with this person, you're gonna hit up with that. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> be dry as fuck man i mean like i said man it's it's a it's so many different ways that i can describe this world but at the end of the day i do believe that you know to to bounce back i know we're bouncing around but to still touch on the fact that the things that tiffany and larry talked about when they got to that portion of the emotional tampon i think it's i think people need to understand something um when it comes to alpha male and beta male and i think larry said something about an alpha male can be an emotional tampon too i think he said that don't quote me on that but i use alpha male and beta male for like a lack of a better term i usually i actually don't even like saying alpha male and beta male because i think that shit is stupid but it gets the point across but for me i just feel like when a woman is in her prime Women, we have been groomed in society, especially boys, have been groomed in society to feel that women mature faster than boys. Can we agree that women mature faster than boys, right? That's what the women mature faster than, or girls mature faster than boys, whatever. 
I don't. What, what do we say on average or or whatever? The what, what is the <laughs> what is the appropriate hedge word word for that on, on average? Yeah, yeah. You know, generally speaking. Generally but, speaking. <laughs> Yeah, so me, I don't believe that. I think that that's nonsense. And I think that Tiffany even pointed out that that's nonsense because, look, you say that women mature faster than than boys. I mean, women mature faster than men, girls, boys, however you want to say it. But in the same instance, we, we sit here and excuse the fact that women lack the knowledge to know that they're messing with fuckboys in their primes. Like, in your primes, what do you want? If you're just running around, jumping around on a cock carousel in your early 20s, can you really say that that person is mature? I think that that person is taking full advantage of the fact that she has a banging body, she's beautiful, and I think that she knows exactly what she's doing. But is is that, in a sense, maturity? Because you know what you're doing, you're going out there, you're getting what you want. I mean, to me, that could be still looked at as maturity. You're saying that that's maturity and not immaturity? Um, it, it can be. It can be perceived that way. Yeah, I, probably, I won't argue with that. But at the same time, you do it, and then the res- the end result is you mess with guys. So, yeah, see, I see what you're saying. But I'm saying that even in that, they look back on it later in life, and they say, oh, well, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, they admit it. They're okay. like, oh, I didn't know what I was doing. See, it's different when they say when you know, like, okay, you're looking at them like, okay, it seems like they know what they're doing. I think they do. But then they look back on it later in life when they so-called mature, you know, they pass that, they get to that age where they look back and like, oh, man, I can't believe I was messing with those types of guys. I'm like, but weren't you mature back then? Like, you, you're looking, like, what do you, like, I understand that there are different levels of maturity, but yeah, I'm like, yeah, if y'all mature it's- so fast. There, there's a lot of instances where, you know, there was something that I, I considered to be mature at the time. And then I look back on it and I feel like, oh, no, that was that was some dumb shit. But, yeah, like you say, in the in the sense of it, if you mature faster than man and, you know, you look at it as, you know, oh, I'm, I'm I want to be with one person and, and this and the other. And men are whores that just, you know, use women and do whatever, what have you. And then you in your 20s, you were using men to get clothes and, you know, whatever, you know, how they have the old sugar daddies and stuff like that. You know, it's yep. like, is that maturity? Like, cause I mean, it's using somebody mature. Put it like this. I, cause I, like I said, you just asked a good question a minute ago. And I say, you know, I got, I got what you're saying. I, I agree with you, but I, I still, I, I still feel that like you just said, is using somebody maturity. I still feel it's an irresponsible way to use a power that you have. Therefore, that makes it immature. I can see. That. I mean, it's just like you can look at President, you can look at President Trump and say that he does things in an immature fashion. So it's just like he has this power. And he, I mean, shit. You see what Pelosi and Schumer are doing right now. I think they're being very immature. We talked about how she, when she ripped up that that uh, presidential address, that that was childish. So it's like, I'm not saying all this to say that women are immature longer. I'm just saying that we're all human. Let's stop this gender superiority shit. I think that individuals mature when they immature individuals mature when they mature that's all i'm saying i don't believe that anybody matures at a faster rate maybe your bodies might mature faster you you get you get titties and you get a you get menstrual cycle if that counts as being mature that's your body but that's not your mentality life life can mature you exactly because there's a lot of us out here that's what that boy j cole said a lot of us get older but we never grow up Say, just saying, bro. Say, <laughs> like that's that's 
That's what I see. I don't care if you're a, if you if you identify as a chipmunk. I don't care if you identify as a as a woman, a man. At the end of the day, your maturity rate doesn't depend on those things. It just doesn't. Your mentality and how you how you uh, handle tough situations, the ups and the downs, the you know everything like all that is going to shape you into what Dragon Ball Z shit, your final form. <laughs> and that's when you can really honestly say, okay, I'm mature. But I think people just whipping the uh, the word mature around. That's a uh, that's kind of um, that's kind of like coddling because in that moment you'll have those young women out there thinking that they're getting over on men because they're more mature, not realizing that really they're just kind of grooming predators. Like that's a predator mind state to be young, hot, 24 years old, taking advantage of a guy that doesn't have as high as a sexual market value as you. You know you're not about to stay with this dude. But at the same time, you know that he has resources you want. You're going to get those resources and you're going to bounce. That's immature to me. But you're telling them that it is mature based on the fact that she's simply a woman. So she's mature. Like, that's not right. No. <laughs> I not just at don't all. see it. Not at all. But, um, and like I said, as far as the alpha male and beta male thing goes, I kind of feel like when a woman is at her highest sexual, like when she's at her sexual peak or her prime and men too, they're going to go for that ideal. Meaning that's why I said the Will Smith, the guy that, you know, all the girls want, like that's more of your alpha male guy, the guy that all the girls want. He handles his business. He doesn't, because even Larry said it, an alpha male can still be an emotional tampon. Yep. You know, an alpha male can get all the ladies and still be a simp. <laughs> even even like, with that, an alpha male, he could be an alpha male. It could be a woman coming off of a of a relationship, and she's like, you know what? I'm just going to use this guy for sex or for attention or for money. And then, you know, as well as he, as much as he's an alpha male to all the other females around him, she can come and turn him to a beta quickly. Straight up, I'm gonna give y'all a perfect example. Jay Gatsby. Jay Gatsby was an alpha male. Based on the fact that he freaking owned a goddamn quarter of a goddamn city, basically. Like, he was the man. He went places. He was well-respected. He had the financial status of an alpha. He had the status. He had the wealth. I mean, he had the looks. I mean, he's an alpha. He He's perceived as an alpha, so he's an alpha. But, but, <laughs> once he got around his, his chick, he turns into a complete simp. A blubbering like, idiot. <laughs> and that is how you, like, don't think for a second just because you have this image, this 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 uh, projection that you give off that that really means something. I'm just saying that the girl that's going to approach Jay Gatsby is going to approach Jay Gatsby when she got her we sh- she's on her shit. She ain't got to be on her shit financially. She just knows that she has this banging body, that the looks, she's confident, everybody looking at her. It's the, like I don't say alpha female, but at the same time, you have this female here that all the guys want. So that when you're at when a woman is at a stage where all the guys want her, she's going to get the king she's gonna get the guy that is at the top of the totem pole in her mind i just think that that's a realistic way of looking at it say man steve kerr hit game winners and he, and he had michael jordan as a teammate you know some nights is just your night 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I like that analogy. I like that. I just realized the other day Steve Kerr played for the Cavs. That was a random, but yeah, that was that was weird. Like watching Hardwood Classics. Ah, gotcha. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that's a good one though, man. I mean, we could get plenty of examples, but even in that same scenario, when we talk about what we would say is the beta male, we look at the beta male. The best example of the beta male is Steve Urkel. He's the guy that none of the women wanted. <laughs> you know, Except Myrtle. He got, or was it Myrtle or was it Myra? No, it was Myra. Myra Myrtle was, was his Myra. cousin. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, Myra. But um at the end of the day, the least desirable guy is the beta. So when you're the least desirable guy, you're the guy that everybody's telling you, oh, you know, just be yourself. Like <laughs> that's the beta because the beta is in a he's not Go ahead. Side note, I did watch an yeah. old rerun of Family Matters uh, the other day, and <laughs> I'm sitting there laughing. It's like, oh, y'all wore the jeans and had t-shirts tucked into your jeans and stuff. And so I'm watching, but then I seen Laura stand up. I said, Laura had that ass though. <laughs> Back when that, when having that ass wasn't a thing, Laura had that ass. Hey, and that that shit bothered a lot of them back then in the early '90s too. That made a lot of them, you know, want to, you know, they you know, they're very self conscious about having that ass. Yeah, yeah. Once again, man, uh, I want to say, um, who was the chick that died that really changed the Anna Nicole? She kind of changed the game. A lot of people don't give her her credit, but Anna Nicole changed the game because she came in and she was able to secure the bag and be thick. And a lot of people, a lot of women were looking at her like, damn, you know, to be this well-known model and to come on, you know, to come on the strip like she did and come on the scene like she did and like be, you know, quote unquote, natural to an extent they were jealous of her bro like they were like damn like she and i mean marilyn monroe did too because people forget forget that marilyn monroe was considered overweight mm -hmm. so like it just took almost 50 years before what we look at as the the typical african-american woman build like their body is idolized but the fact of the matter is there are lots of women that came through and paved the way because just showing that a natural woman is gonna have curves, just being honest. Like, but these women in the fifties and sixties, they were they were sticking their fingers down their throat, throwing up just to lose twenty pounds. Like it was an obsession with being skinny like a like a runway model that uh fucked the game up. And that that had to do a lot with uh those uh those French model shows and a lot of shit that went on over there in Europe. It just that fucked the game up. And um but you know, that's neither here nor there. But uh, either way, man, uh, like I said, we all know the ultimate beta male, Steve Urkel. And Steve Urkel's the least desirable. He's the guy that, you know, he's getting advice, you know, from all the, you know, from all the guys that kind of just have it together. And uh, at the end of the day, those Steve Urkel is not looked at as when, when a woman is at her most desirable state, she ain't looking at Steve Urkel. It seems like, like he's the least desirable with the most to offer. It, and I don't understand what's so hard to accept about like I don't I'm not mad at that like it's like I got a million dollars right I got a million dollars and I go into a and I go into an auto dealership and they tell me hey you could get this Tesla this Tesla has everything you need it's gonna last you 20 years got all the got all the you know you know the gadgets you know blah 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 but but in the back of my mind I'm like man the Tesla though the females really don't really fuck with the Tesla Jay they don't you pass you pass by the Tesla, you know. Uh, you ain't getting no boppers in the Tesla. You ain't getting no bops in the Tesla, man. You, you might get you some high class bops, but you ain't really think about the high class bops. So you just trying to get you some 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 quick action, you know, 
yeah. But then they they pull up in a freaking, you know, uh, a, a Murcielago or a freaking Bugatti. And you like, oh, okay, that hoe just nasty. And they tell you, hey, bro, you can only drive this hoe 30 miles a day. This hoe ain't worth shit. The minute you drive off the lot, this hoe bitch, you might as well just don't come back. We're going to call the cops on you. But <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, you know it's a showstopper. You know it's a jaw dropper. So that's what you want. Because you got a million dollars. You got options. So you're like, fuck it. I'm going to get something I know is not going to last long. <laughs> because guess what? I got options. And I do believe males and females tend to do that when they are at that state in their life. When they're at that sexual peak, that prime. They're just, they're just prone to do it. I think it's natural human behavior. Shoot me if I'm wrong. And, and, and I don't want it to seem like, you know, we're coming out and, and victimizing women for for wanting the Stefan and not the Steve Urkel because men, we do it all the time. Like we're we're not saying that we're any different. You know, it's just drawing attention to to the overall way that our society works and how our society thinks. And it's it's you know, we want the most desirable that typically has the least amount to offer. Bruh, Hugh Jackman. And Keanu Reeves got dragged when people seen their significant others. So yes, it is a it is a big deal in the male community too because when they see dudes like Hugh Jackman and Keanu Reeves that are right now perceived as the alphas because of their status, they're like, man, why you not with Eva Mendes or or you know just the hottest of the hot? Because it's like that's probably just not what they're looking for. They're probably more interested in personality. They probably had all those already. They probably ran through all of them already. Now they've or taken even, the slow. Even that. Eva wasn't around when I was extra number three. Say that again. Eva wasn't around when my when when I was in the titles as extra number three. Damn, that's true. That's true. Sometimes, hey man, you wouldn't with me shooting in the gym. Then you know it is what it is. It makes sense. It makes sense. But uh, I mean, that, that's that's all we're saying. It's it's a it's a societal habit to do things to to gain a perception of you being the cool guy until you mature when you mature and you realize what really matters it's more of a that's when people start seeking stability that's when people start seeking security and i think that in my personal opinion that definitely causes problems because i think that that genuine love and respect that you have for that person it it, it can be you know it can be hit or miss you can you got to kind of sometimes you got to kind of convince yourself and sometimes you're like, damn, this is what I've been missing out on. Because uh, I think that's what a lot of people in this society are doing today based on the fact that the story that I, we're talking about on this show, we see it all the time. It's the typical story of the person that was that went from from not to hot yep. based on what they could provide. Because if people's eyes open up. Like, it's just, it's, it is what it is, man. I, I I'm not mad at it. I, I've accepted it. I understand it. I think it's people that don't want to accept it and they think that it's a skewed understanding. They're the ones that kind of look at it like, oh no, they're just they're just being mean, but whatever, man. Either way, man, uh, it's a good talk and I, I think that we deserve a round of applause for not talking about the coronavirus. Because so, uh, <laughs> that was my main goal, man. I just, I think, I think we wanted to um, be more upbeat today. I mean, we probably threw some, you know, stuff like that surrounded it but for the most part like I, I don't really have anything to say about it i feel good about ignoring most of the, the posts that i've seen about it today uh it's getting to the point where 
Um, if you just want to be obsessed about it and be mad about it, then do that. But I, I guarantee you these days moving forward, uh, unless y'all catch us on the IG live again and y'all ask us about it, then I'm probably not going to address it anymore until this, uh, until these, um, until something else monumental happens. Yeah. Basically to these unconstitutional shutdowns get lifted and, uh, they don't want me to go on that bag. They don't want me to go on that bag, man. I don't, you know, Hey, hi Hitler. <laughs> like, yeah but um anyways man you got you got words of advice um man when the country open back up i'm going to vegas man i i need a weekend in vegas when the country get back shit that's it then i'm, I'm there with you man just give me a date bro we in there popping bottles man yes whoa 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 <laughs> hold, hold you got too much dip on your chip there boy <laughs> Like, nigga, what bottles, niggas, in, in Vegas? Hey, man, Brandon, we know you listening. You out there with us, man. Oh, Bre- Brandon's definitely coming. Hey, man, Greg, my words of advice. Greg is coming. Yeah, Greg, man, Greg got it. I mean, shit, he gonna, he gonna have the cheapest flight. Yeah. Shit, he got to connect. But uh, we can make we can make it happen, man. Uh, but for for real though, my words of advice, man, I'm not even trying to be funny, dog. Cause my both my brothers are Pisces. For the Pisces and Aries out there, um, y'all have to accept that God don't like y'all. Because, uh, <laughs> 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 Yo, what a time! I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm what a time! <laughs> No, bro. I mean, no, seriously. Um, now, I feel for y'all, man. I hope that, uh, for, for the most part, that this this uh, this this quarantine and all this shit gets lifted, so y'all can really enjoy yourselves. Because I mean, especially women, I know that they really cherish these times. I think Liz's and, uh, birthday. Just tomorrow. know that. Is it Liz's birthday? Nah, bro. She, nah, she's three twenty-seven. She has that embedded oh. in my head. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every time, yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, like, I feel, I feel like for sure everybody should have that moment. I still feel like, man, if you could get a a quarantine party, get you a, you know, a party of, you know, you know, you and the nine people. I think that that's fair. Just don't put it on social media, man. Like, people don't need to know that you're having a, a, a social gathering. Enjoy yourselves and then go home, man. Because. G- <sighs> Stay safe and sanitize out here, man. That's it, man. But I do, we, I do hope that the Pisces and Aries have their moment and they realize that you know shit happens. Shit does happen again. Shout out T with Monroe. Shout out my boy Larry White. Poor Larry. <laughs> and my Netflix recommendation, man. Uh, go ahead, check out Blood Ride and check out the platform. I'm halfway done, but the platform has me. It has me drawn in. Uh, the Blood Ride is, hmm, yeah, <laughs> it's one of those. But check it out. Oh, um, my recommendation is uh, pornography. You can't spread spread the coronavirus if you plan with yourself. Whoa! You said they giving out free dildos for so people don't leave the house. What? Yeah, one website. Yeah, yeah, one website giving out free dildos. They talking about, hey man, we really want y'all to stay home, man. So just pleasure yourself. But I mean, the thing that worries me though, with knowing that thirty three percent of the goods come from China, if them hoes coming from that China time, bro, I don't know, man. Might have to send that hoe back. <laughs> but anyways, man. With that being said, this has been the No Boundaries Podcast. Thank you for listening. But. Ever since the dawn of civilization, 
people had craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary 